When I started out, I was already wearing the hijab and I had no plans on taking it off, you know, because I like it. I like how I look today. I like how I look then, you know, like I was happy with the image that I had. Like I didn't care about, oh, I got to think about my artist's image, <laughs> you know. Oh, how am I going to look like? Should I look like Lady Gaga? You know, like I never had that kind of like, oh, this is the kind of artist I want to be. It was just like, okay, well, Alanis Morissette was just herself. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Feist was just playing the guitar and she looked freaking amazing on stage just being herself. So that's what I'm going to wear you know the confidence but I did feel a little bit like hmm I wonder if anyone is gonna have a problem with this that was Yuna and this is Shiros a podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, She Rose Radio. She Rose is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male-dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss the challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music a better space for everyone. The singer, songwriter, guitarist, and producer known as Yuna was born in 1986 and raised in Malaysia, the daughter of a legal advisor father and chemistry teacher mother. She first got a guitar from her father when she was 10. She started performing in her teen years and writing her own songs while she was at university studying to be a lawyer. At first, Yuna started posting songs to MySpace, and as her songs began gaining more and more attention, it eventually led to Yuna self-releasing two EPs, the first of which earned her five Malaysian Music Awards nominations and winning her four. Yuna's big international break came in 2012, her full-length self-titled debut featuring the song Live Your Life, produced by Pharrell Williams. Since then, Yuna's collaborated with the likes of Usher, Tyler the Creator, and Little Sims. She's toured the world, built a fan base of millions, and in 2017 became the first singer from Asia to be nominated for a BET Award. And she's accomplished all of this as an independent artist artist, one who's been steadfastly committed to staying authentically true to herself and proud of her identity as a Muslim Southeast Asian woman. This year marks 10 years since Yuna's full-length debut, and she just released her fifth full-length album, Y5. I'm thrilled to welcome Yuna as this week's Shiro in the spotlight. Yuna, I'm so happy to have you here on Shiro's Radio. The new album is done. Y5 is the name of the new album, but yeah. it's comprised of all these different parts that have been releasing slowly across the year. Do you want to share with our listeners who aren't up to speed on how Y5 came to be, how it all built up to now? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been releasing album for 12 years, maybe, you know, so this is like my fifth American release. I release like two albums in Malaysia and, you know, the process is always the same. It's like, okay, be in the studio for two years and then two years after that, you get an album, right? And then you have to give it all you have to promote the album, go on tour. And it's like, for me, after the pandemic, I was like, you know what? I really want to take a different approach on this project. I really enjoy listening to mini EPs, like a bite-sized albums, you know? Right. I remember Janae put out an album called 2088, 
with like four songs and all I did was just listen to that EP again and again and again. I was like, oh, this is really easy to digest this way. You know, you're able to get the vibe of the album, get the vibe of what the artist is trying to say. And I thought, you know what? Maybe it'll be fun to put out different EPs throughout the year. The album is called Y5 because it's my fifth album. So it's like Yuna 5. I thought, oh, maybe it could be cool to drop Y1, Y2, Y3, Y4, Y5. And I thought it was going to be easy, but it's a lot of work. But it's so much fun because whatever theory that I had before, I see it working, you know, like I see fans tuning in. I see fans wanting and looking forward to the next project after the first project is that, oh, I can't wait for Y2. I can't wait for Y3. So I'm constantly in contact with the fans. I'm always connecting with them. So I'm really happy I took that leap of faith. I think, you know, it's not a normal way to release an album. And I'm really glad I did that. And it's so cool. You're independent still. So really, you can call the shots and do anything however you want. Yeah, I've always had full creative control over my projects and my album, my visuals, how I want to look, how I want to sound, who I want to work with. I own my music and whatever hard work that I put into it, I get to say it's mine, you know. And also like there is a possibility of me releasing my album in five EPs where I doubt that would fly. The regular labels, they probably wouldn't want to do that, you know, because it's a little bit complex. I'm just happy that I was able to call the shots and make this happen. <laughs> so great. And I was interested to find out more about the process because not only did you decide to release the record this way in these five parts, which by the way, I just want to acknowledge how difficult that really is. It may sound like, oh, it's just three or four songs, but in essence, yeah, it's your fifth full length album at this point that you're releasing all of the music together in one package. But it's like you released four albums already this year. And this is the fifth. Like, even though they're EPs, got to do you know, all the packaging oh. and the imaging and the videos. And, you know, each one has its own press cycle, et cetera, et cetera. So I totally get that. And the other thing that is different about this album was that over the pandemic, you went back home, right, to yeah. Malaysia. And you set up a studio mm -hmm. and you taught yourself to produce. Yeah, I think like that played like a huge role in this album too. Like in my music making for Y5 during the pandemic, I think I was, you know, all by myself. I had no one to depend on, you know. So I thought, you know what, maybe it's time for me to really learn how to produce when you're working remotely from the producers that you want to work with at least I have a song like a draft I could send over to my producers and my producers will be able to translate that into something more refined and like a finished painting you know so now I have the brush and the paint but they have the finishing touches for the painting and for this album i did find myself doing a lot of like recordings at home where I'm most comfortable. I set up my own studio in the living room and yeah, I guess working at the studio, it's fun, you know, like writing with the producers. But sometimes when I go back home, I kind of like listen back to the recordings and just be like, you know what, I think I want to be a little bit more candid with this line or with this part of the song or whatever. And 
I'll just do it at home at like midnight or like 7 a.m. in the morning, you know, when it, whenever I feel like it. And you shared a lot of that process on Twitch with your fans. You were just talking about how involved oh, yeah. and in touch you are with your fans, which is something that you've always done. And I think that that's why your fans love you so much is that they feel like they're a part of your world. Yeah, I do want to have that kind of connection with the fans. They love seeing all the behind the scenes video and the recording studio, recording booth. But what they love the most is me just recording at home because they feel like they can do that too. You know, like it's very empowering to see someone who can do a lot with just the basic, basic setup. That's how I started getting interested in music because I see people who are able to just start a band in their garage and recorded everything with friends at home, yeah, you know. So exactly. yeah, with my fans like they love that especially the fact that I was already signed to a major label I worked with a lot of established artists established producers but hey she's still recording stuff in her living room you know so yeah I guess there's something special about that and they want to see that and they want to see the process and they also want to feel involved in the whole project you know they're invested they're invested yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I mean I think that it's important to say Ben producers especially, there are not that many of them. And then you add that extra layer of the fact that you're a Muslim woman, that you are from Malaysia. Like there's all these extra layers of uniqueness. Thank you. (laughs) I hope that what you are doing is actually paving the way for more women like you to do what you're doing. Hey, not only can you be your own boss, be your own artist, but you can engineer, you can produce, you can record at home. All of these things that you have just decided you were going to do and you did and you broke through a lot of glass ceilings. Now you're doing that in this visible way to inspire others. Yeah. I mean, when I first started out, obviously there wasn't a lot of femme producers or even singer-songwriters where I grew up. I didn't know anyone who was doing anything close to what I was doing, like recording stuff at home or even playing the guitar and performing on stage. Like I've never seen that in Malaysia, you know, and probably, you know, I would see one or two just performing at like local gigs. And that's also how I got inspired by them, you know. So this whole thing is all about like empowering other women and inspiring others to try and at least take the first step and like try and do something that you love doing. And the other parts of my life, like me being a hijabi, Muslim, you know, that's all these layers that I have. Like it's a part of me. And sometimes I don't realize that I don't pay attention to that. You know, when I go out there and make music, I'm not like, oh, I'm the first hijabi or I'm the like the first Muslim pop star or whatever. You know, I just go out there and perform or make my music and work with producers. Like I don't let that cloud my mind really, you know, and take over because what's the point? I'm here as a human being and I'm trying to have a normal conversation with this producer who is of a different background, different race, different religion, you know, and we're not trying to dive deep into that. Like what I'm interested in is what is your heart telling you today? You know, like what kind of music you want to make today? And that's what I want people to know about me first and foremost, you know, like rather than all these like other layers. But yeah, like I said, I 
sometimes forget that, but I would have no idea the impact that I would give to other people until I started touring. That was when, you know, I would meet like a lot of girls who were like me in the U.S. especially. My first North American tour was in 2012. And that was when I saw America and like the people. And I meet all these girls. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea that my music would reach all these different parts in yeah. the world, you know, and um, all these girls who are just like me or not, you know, they come up and they say, you know, like, I really like your music, but at the same time, like, I'm so inspired that you're just like being yourself and you're just going out there and telling your story and being true to your layers, you know? So yeah, yeah it, it's nice sometimes to get that reminder. Yuna is our guest today on Shiro's Radio. The new album is called Y5. Where would you like to start today? We'll play a clip of one of the songs from Y5. Let's see. Um... You know what, let's start with Y1. Uh, let's play Pantone 17, 1330. I was in the studio. My producer was working on some music. So, you know, I was just kind of like lounging around and like waited for him. And he had this book. It's about colors. And it's not just about Pantone, but, you know, they were like different like themes, I guess. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if it was a garden and then these are all the Pantone colors for that picture. I was flipping through the book and I saw this one page and it was just a nice photo of different women and like different skin tones, you know. So I was like, oh, this is so interesting. And, you know, I found myself, oh, what's my skin tone, you know. And I was spending a lot of time in Malibu during that time and obviously being in the sun and just like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like if I could name a song after the skin tone that I am right now, it changes. Obviously, we're not always like out there in the sun, but this is my skin tone right now. And this is how I feel right now. I guess like it's kind of like a cute way to write a, a love song about what's your skin tone in that moment when you're in love with someone and you're at the beach and you're just like hanging out and you're feeling happy. The sun. our guest today on Shiro's Radio, one of my favorite tracks from Y1, which was the first installment, Pantone 17, 1330, which is now part of the overall collection Y5. So we were talking before about you diving into production, you know, when you were recording these songs and how it kind of brought you back to your beginnings when you just decided to become a singer songwriter and you picked up the guitar. For those that don't know your background, could you take us back to that era and tell us that story about how you came to play guitar? I got my first guitar when I was 10 years old and I had no idea how to play it. 
it just looked so cool. You know, it was an electric guitar. My dad got me kind of like a smaller size electric guitar. And eventually I learned to play one song and that's it. You know, I gave up because it was hurting my fingers. And then when I was in university, we stayed at the dorms and, you know, with other girls and they're into theater and music. And this one girl that I was friends with, she had her guitar and she plays the guitar. And to me, that whole image was just so cool when she started playing and she's like on her bed like started playing I was like oh my gosh this looks so cool and she can sing too and she was a part of a band and I just thought that she was the coolest person on earth you know and I told her you know what I want to buy my own guitar too and then can you teach me how to play the guitar and she's like oh yeah of course so here I am in like law school like in the middle of finishing a law degree and but at night after dinner when it's all done I would go to her room and learn how to play guitar with her. And I guess that's how it started. You know, I started trying to write a few songs. And as soon as I got that one song, I was just like, oh my gosh, it sounds so good. You know, I was just so proud of myself. Started recording on my laptop and it was just like the, the worst recording ever. <laughs> but I thought, you know what, whatever. Like I was recording on like a gaming microphone, the gaming headset, and it was just so much fun. The first three songs that I remember writing was in English. I cracked the code. Wow. I was like, oh my gosh, now I figured out how to put words and music together. I've always wanted to do that. And I tried doing that, playing the piano and unsuccessfully, you know, like couldn't figure out how do people do this. And so, yeah, that I think changed my life. And I started writing more songs. I uploaded some songs on MySpace and it was just kind of natural how everything happened. I would show some of my songs to my friends and then a friend of mine, I still remember, set up a MySpace music page for me and I was like, what's this MySpace music page? And he's like, yo, like this is where you get to put all of your songs and then, you know, like you get to be your own artist. I'm like, that's so cool. So, you know, MySpace was really huge back then. Like you're able to express your creativity. Your profile page can be like different designs and cool photos. So I did that and then I had no idea how to promote it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And then I started getting plays. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. I was getting like 10 place and then 50 place and then people started leaving comments and they were all positive comments and back then it was like ha huh, this is amazing today everyone is trying to say something right today it's like comments is like good and bad everything you can think of but back then it's like people were like really supportive and wow like this is so beautiful and then that 50 listeners became like 500 and then like 5000 and then like 50,000 and at one point I got 1 million plays and that was like very rare especially on MySpace music like how do you get 1 million plays right and then from there I started getting invitations to open mics and people wanted me to perform at their shows and in Malaysia and in Kuala Lumpur like uh, the independent music scene was like um, starting to pick up you know so a lot of people are performing and doing their own thing and really Releasing their music independently, printing their own CDs. So it was really fun that, you know, I got to experience that and be a part of that. Were there any yeah. other women doing that or were you outnumbered at that time? Oh, you know what? They 
were a lot of women who started recording and doing their own thing. There were a lot of singer-songwriters. So back then mm. it was like the singer-songwriters round, you know. So you get to like play your guitar and like sing your songs at the jazz cafe. Mm. And um, that's how I made friends with a few other singers. And I guess like there were a couple of girls, like more guys, definitely. But there were some girls too. Did you think about the fact that you were pushing through any boundaries that were there that you might get some pushback at all for doing what you were doing? You know what? Yes. When I started out, I was already wearing the hijab and I had no plans on taking it off, you know, because I like it. I like how I look today. I like how I look then, you know, like I was happy with the image that I had. Like I didn't care about, oh, I got to think about my artist's image, <laughs> you know. Oh, how am I going to look like? Should I look like Lady Gaga? You know, like I never had that kind of like, oh, this is the kind of artist I want to be. It was just like, okay, well, Alanis Morissette was just herself. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Feist was just playing the guitar and she looked freaking amazing on stage just being herself. So that's what I'm going to wear, you know, the confidence. But I did feel a little bit like, hmm, I wonder if anyone is going to have a problem with this. And I just remember this one time I had like one of my biggest shows was at a university concert thing, you know, and a lot of other bands were playing and I was 19 or 20 and I was invited. So that was like my first big break. Like, okay, everyone's right. going to see who this girl is with her hijab, playing the guitar on stage. And I remember at this time I was already used to performing, you know, like I had like a few shows before. So I was confident but this was the biggest one and I was on stage and I remember people started booing <laughs> oh no they yeah. didn't <laughs> but I don't know how I did it like I was just on stage and okay like okay boys let's do this people started booing like boo boo oh get off stage tudong girl you know in Malaysia we call the hijab tudong like oh tudong girl that's, that's a tudong girl because you never see it a, you know, hijab, you tudong girl on stage. Can I ask why? I don't know. I guess people never thought of it. Is it forbidden in any way or are they not, are hijabi women not allowed to do that? Did you like break some unspoken rules? <laughs> like, why is Maybe that? Maybe I had to break <laughs> some rules, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You know, there were a lot of female singers in Malaysia. They're all Muslim, Malay, like me, but they just didn't have the hijab on. So I guess hijab, like the hijab uh -huh. is a symbol of, you know, like a Muslim woman. And I'm just like a hijabi who's cool. <laughs> so I don't know. I just like, okay, well... I did find myself at this crossroads. Yeah. Do I continue this? Like, okay, I am already this, but to move to the next level, do I take off my hijab and be like a typical, you know, like singers? Like, oh, okay, letting her hair out, be like the pop star that, you know, a lot of girls are. Very um, hypersexualized, let's just very say. Very hypersexualized. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, you know, just be me and you know it's like one of those moments you know what I would really like to stay the way I am and you know what I don't have anybody to answer to I'm not signed to any labels no one's trying to tell me to do anything you know like there wasn't any music executives who was like you need to do this because this is what people you know so they weren't a lot of outside voices, voices. you know affecting my decision making at the time so did those yeah, come just, later 
those came way later, but you know, I was already set in my way. In your ways. <laughs> so I was already stubborn. <laughs> so there was no point. You know, yeah, I'm like, you yeah. can say whatever you want. I'm just gonna do this, you know? So yeah. Yuna's our guest today on Shiro's Radio. The new album is called Y5. Take us to the next track. So this next track is, okay, this is going to be from Y2. And this is one of my favorites. It's called 24 Hours. I actually produced a song on Twitch for the first time and it was live. So I created the beat, everything with the fans. It was live and I started writing some parts of it on my live stream session. So yeah, that song is really special. And I'm really happy that I got to finish it with this amazing producer, Biako. 24 Hours is a song that I wrote about the first 24 hours after breaking up with someone. What are you experiencing? How do you cope? And how do you wake up the next morning and face the day after what you've gone through last night? And like, how do you end the night too? Like knowing that you don't have that person anymore or that kind of love anymore. Waking up in my bed thinking maybe it's a new day thinking maybe I'll be okay all of my friends yeah. Maybe it's a new day Some I feel I'll be okay Damn, My eyes are still red You can see it through my shades Yuna is our guest today on Shiro's Radio. That's 24 Hours, and the new album is called Y5. You were talking about this being a breakup song or the post-breakup 24 Hours. I know that you recently got married. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And... It was interesting to go through these songs and notice that there was songs both about heartbreak and about being in love. Talk to us a little bit about where these songs came from and where your marriage came into play and did it. (laughs) I actually had this conversation with someone just like yesterday, like, oh, you know, you're married now. Like, how do you write about breaking up? Are you comfortable with it? Is it hard to write a song like that? I'm like, to me, yeah, like back to your question, like it is kind of like autobiographical a little bit, you know, maybe like 70% because it has to come from the songwriter. Like in in my opinion, it has to be real. It has to be sincere. It has to come from me. It has to be something that I know. I know what it's like to cry on the floor you know like to just feel like I'm like reduced to nothing at that moment you know and then I also know how it feels like to pick yourself up like you know I picked myself up I went out and did my thing still and going through the process of recovering and meeting new friends and being happy again I know that process too so I know that feeling too every song that I write it has to be personal it has to be real and being married just solidifies that confidence I think in my songwriting I can be honest I can write anything I want and I have this amazing person who's super supportive in my team now you know and I live every day with this person and I love it and he understands where I'm coming from the stories that I tell because he knows he knows you know so It's important for me to be able to write both 
about being in love and finding love and tapping into that feeling when I was like 15 years old, like having a crush on someone. I have to remember all of that again and write about it and experience that again. And with, you know, songs about breakups and heartaches, I'm comfortable now because I've survived that. Yeah, so it's kind of like that. It doesn't change me as a singer-songwriter, like, oh, now I'm married. I only have to talk about being married. <laughs> you know, I can tell a lot of different sides of love. Yuna's our guest today on Shiro's Radio. The new album is Y5. Before we wrap up today, I wanted to get to what I call the Shiro's heart of the conversation, where we talk about what it has been like for you to do this job as a woman in the music industry. Oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's constantly fighting for what you believe in, I think. Being a woman in the music industry, being a producer or an engineer, it's like, of course, the music industry, you know, is predominantly controlled by men. But the women is the one that's driving this machine. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, huh. We have to be the ones who are calling the shot in a bigger setting. Yeah, I guess like lately I've been getting that kind of confidence. Sometimes I get people who work with me, who talk to me, and I hear a little bit of a disrespectful tone in there. And I just like, you better like talk to me nicely. You know what I mean? Or else you're not going to get any business out of this. I guess it's important to not just be a yes person when you're a woman in the music industry. It's also important to learn how to say no. When you say no, another window of opportunity is going to open, right? I really believe in that. And that's what's been happening for me in the last 10 years. I was okay with saying no. Like, oh, you know, you got to do this. You know, it's a great opportunity. I'm like, no, I don't feel it. Like, I don't feel connected to this. I'm just going to say no. And it's the same like when you hear about women being pressured into like situations, always say no. And that's the message that I want other girls to know. Like, it's okay to be yourself and it's okay to not say yes to everything. Like, the right time will come, you know, the right opportunity, the most beautiful opportunity is waiting for you out there. And it's so beautiful. It's going to be something that you love and you enjoy and you're comfortable with. Yeah. I feel like you just have no. to keep fighting for something that you really believe in and, and never take no for an answer. Sometimes, you know, you just mm -hmm. have to like keep on pushing that idea until it becomes a reality. I think everything that you said is so spot on. And I think that it's also we have to get to the point where there isn't this idea that there's scarcity, because if we're worried that there isn't enough for us, that there's a limited number of slots on a festival lineup or a limited number of jobs or it's harder to get into those rooms, then you feel more pressure from inside even mm -hmm. to say yes, even if you yeah. want to say no, because you're worried that the door is going to close. So I think it's very inspiring to hear you say those words and to know that you have the experience to back it up. Yeah. And also you have to look after the other female producers or singer songwriters in the industry, support their music, share their stuff. Don't make anybody feel like oh, I have to be, you know, a little bit more of a heart sell to promote my music. If every single female musicians come together and just like, yo, this other artist is putting out the project tomorrow. You know what I mean? You have to go listen. And then you don't have that pressure as well. Like I'm an artist. 
like, I know this, you know, like, I feel like sometimes uh, I have to like really promote this thing like crazy, you know what I mean? But if only like I get like the kind of support like from other women, you know, and I have to say I started doing that with just like a small group of friends. Like I managed to get in touch with some independent female singer-songwriters, female artists, female producers and female designers even, you know, and they just really, really support my music. If we can really do that for each other, ah, mm-hmm. that would be amazing, you know. And like you said, Lift like each sometimes other up. like... Yeah. Yeah, like you feel the pressure of saying yes because you need a seat on the table. What if you create your own table? What if like you just build your yes. own thing and create yes. your own seats? And it would be amazing. And it's something that I am starting to see that, you know, and I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud to live in this era where, you know, the music industry is slowly changing. And I'm excited to see what happens. You know, it's been so awesome to hang out with you. What should we go out with today? Let's do... Risk It All. I'm really proud of that song. Actually, you know, this whole project, I'm just really happy I was able to create an album that consists of music that I grew up listening to. My mom texted me the other day and she was like, you know, like a lot of your songs are sounding a lot like the Commodores. And I'm like, oh, Thanks, mom. <laughs> She's like, it's so old school. And it I'm is like, oh, so okay, old school. Great. My generation, I think about 90s and early 2000s yeah. R&B too. Yeah. A mixture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Aaliyah and old Janet. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I love Janet. Yeah. Let me tell you what. Once again, thanks to Yuna. Thank you so much for being thank with you. us on Shiro's oh, Radio. Thank you. Many thanks once again to Yuna for joining us. Her new album, Y5, is out now. She Rose is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. We get production assistance from Emma Philippos. Our original theme music is by Lucius. She Rose is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit SheRoseRadio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the She Rose shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at She Rose Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast that helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening. <laughs>